0: Welcome to HSBC Talks Business, the podcast series that brings together business leaders and industry experts to explore the latest global insights, trends and opportunities. Make sure you're subscribed to stay up to date with new episodes. Thanks for listening. And now on to today's show.
1: Hello. This session looks at the payments journey in Asia Pacific, including topics such as key trends, what is driving them, and how to be prepared for the evolution in the payments landscape. This is a fast-moving space fueled by innovation. For example, the digital payments market in the region is growing at a rate of more than 30% a year. And by 2025, it's forecast that the volume of non-cash transactions in the region will surpass the 1 trillion mark. Recent years have also seen a notable uptick in global cross-border transactions too. According to figures from Statista, for example, these topped 150 trillion US dollars in 2022, which is up more than 20% from 2018. So I'm delighted to host this conversation and welcome Manoj Dugar and Yvonne Yu, who are co-heads of Global Payment Solutions Asia-Pacific at HSBC, to tell us more. Yvonne, I'd like to kick off with a question to you to set the scene. In line with the growth in digital payments and cross-border activity, based on some of the data that I shared just now, I understand that your business recently changed name to Global Payment Solutions or GPS. Can you please tell us a bit more?
0: Thank you very much, Andrew. And yes, this is truly exciting. Now, this is not only a name change, but this represents our transformation journey and commitments to continuously invest in our capability to support our customer growth. Now, I believe um, we all agree that the payment landscape has been changing rapidly in recent years. And one of the key drivers is the acceleration in digitization, which has led to lots of innovations and infrastructure changes to support customers' new um, digital business model, such as instant payments, um, cashless e-commerce, and on-demand information speed through um, API. Now, as we have continuously invest um, in building our capabilities to embrace instant and frictionless domestic and cross-border payment experience, we have also made the commitment to step forward a five-year strategy to invest in building future-proof solutions to reshape us into a technology-enabled, globally-connected payment franchise. So our new name's Global Payments Solutions reflects our strength and capabilities.
1: Thank you. I'm keen to learn more about how Asia's payments landscape is developing and evolving. For example, there seem to be efforts to improve transparency, to increase speed, to reduce cost and frictions, and to enhance efficiencies. What are some of your observations?
0: Right, thank you. Um, I think it goes without saying that um, Asia's payments landscape is not monolithic, and there is a great degree of differences ranging from ultra-modern international financial centers to markets with developing infrastructures. And however, um, when we look into customer expectations, then it's very aligned. Everyone is looking for solutions that can bring down the cost, increase the predictabilities and visibilities, and can be done and confirmed instantly. So therefore the circular trend over the last seven to eight years is in the rise of the LTP infrastructures. Now it began um, with domestic payments, but now it's being stitched together to facilitate cross border. Now, let me give you some statistic. Nearly 120 billion LTP transactions made globally last year. And that was year on year growth of 64.5%. And that's set to rise to almost 430 billion in 2026. 20- We also have central banks in Asia who have been progressive in building the bilaterals or multilateral market infrastructure to streamline cross-border payments, for example, Singapore-Thailand, Singapore-India linkages. BIS has also been proposing to create a consistent approach um, through Project Nessus. So lots of interesting developments are moving along the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for explaining those. Uh, Menaj, what else should we be looking for?
2: Sure, first and foremost, digital payments has never been as important to Asia financial services ecosystem as they are today. The reason I say that is the the proliferation of the e-commerce growth, given the demographics, given the smartphone penetration in Asia. You've seen the evolution of payment methods, whether it's wallets, QR codes, or RTP, which Yvonne was referring to. This is becoming more important for most of the corporate treasury now going forward. But clearly, Taking on from what Yvonne was mentioning about linking RTP schemes, that isn't the only game in town. There are some other projects, including wholesale CBDC. Enbridge and Project Dunbar are great examples. Wholesale CBDC settlement platform, like Embridge, have the potential to transform cross-border real-time uh, settlement. Over and above that, you have fintechs who are moving into this from P2P space to more like SME lending as well and really leading into financial inclusion space. And that's where they're exploring bank partnership as well to ensure that they can reach the end consumers. Over and above these, there is no doubt that platforms like Swift continue to help identify ways in which they could remove friction in the cross-border payment space, whether it's through GPI, whether it's through pre-validation, are great
1: examples of those. So amid all these trends that Yvonne and yourself have just pinpointed, do you see any particular differences in progress across individual markets in asia pacific Um, especially bearing in mind the ever quickening pace of digitalization
2: sure andrew you and me have been here in asia for a while so we do recognize them right that no two markets are the same and their initiatives are very much driven by what problem they're looking to solve and what is the starting point of their existing payment infrastructure take the example of japan whether it's cards continues to be prevalent. Malaysia, bank transfers are quite prevalent. And the whole of Asia region, you've seen emergence of mobile payments and wallets. Mobile wallets are prevalent in Southeast Asia and expected to reach almost close to 440 million by 2025. The readiness to adopt this new technology has obviously led to entrance of new players as well, including some of the FinTechs. We all recognize that Asia has diverse requirements when it comes across countries, And hence Asia payment market has to evolve to meet customer demand. Focus is on technology. Those at the forefront will drive the behavior. One constant, however, is the rise of digitization of commerce. Business model being digitized, companies moving to B2C models, and hence they are reaching the end mile consumer much more faster now. And hence it's imperative that the payment systems need to step up to support this economic growth. This explains the surge of real-time payment or instant payment deployment across most of the jurisdictions in Asia, as well as modernizing the existing infrastructure.
1: Thank you. you. Yvonne, coming back to you, clearly businesses are looking for new solutions. Um, And it seems that in line with this, co-creation is becoming more common and popular. Can you please explain what co-creation is and how this approach is impacting the payment space?
0: Sure, and I think co-create is a fairly recent buzzword, Um, but banks have always um, worked with our clients to solve their problems. So when we approach the agenda on digital transformations, we have to see it from the lens of our clients. So what kind of pain points that they're trying to resolve and what values that they can get from digital transformations. And most of the times our customers will need an end-to-end turnkey solutions that can cover both banking and non-banking needs. So therefore, it opened up opportunities for us to work with other technology providers and fintechs to co-create and offer holistic offering to our clients. Now, for example, um, in order to support our retail customers to convert to e-commerce and sell their products online, we went ahead to partner with several e-marketplaces and integrate our payment solutions with their platforms so that when merchants open the e-shops, we can give them access to our online payment tools immediately without doing the implementation and integration work. While well, they can benefit from the value-added service from the platform providers such as um, digital invoicing, online marketing, and delivery services, the speed and flexibilities in enabling such digital offering and affordable costs are transformational for our clients.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's really great and, and clear. Um, Manoj, are there any examples of a co-created solution that jumped to mind for you? There multiple of them. Obviously, many of our solutions is really co-creating with clients, especially
2: with all the transformation they are going through, business model changes which is happening. Great example was one of the leading food companies which embarked on a digital transformation journey, not only within their company, but across their ecosystem and needed to achieve a significant operational saving by 2023. This is where HSBC came in and we implemented various digital tools. Two great examples were our virtual account solutions as well as digital account receivable tool, DART as we call it, which really helped reduce the number of bank accounts, help them rationalize and automate their reconciliation process. The digital account receivable tool really provided buyers and distributors with a centralized channel of invoice communication, reducing the number of queries and making it easier for suppliers to do business with this company as well. So really a great example of not only doing creating with the client, but also equally important co-creating with their supply chain
1: ecosystem as well. Thank you. Um, And Manoj, looking maybe a little bit broader at the payments marketplace and the future opportunities, to what extent do you see payments and infrastructure providers such as banks being able to create new opportunities for clients going forward, Um, especially bearing in mind the desire to utilize data more effectively?
2: Interesting. uh... Andrew, you talked about the navigating the future. So technologies have certainly helped global banks such as HSBC to better harness the trove of data which we have and ensure we are able to better serve our clients. Great examples, it's not only about how we help clients protect and optimize these data, but more importantly, help them grow in their growth journey as well. When you think about protect, it's about how we leverage the data to really continually refine our fraud prevention capabilities. We do all do recognize in the digital world, there is clearly certain challenges from a cyber perspective, from a fraud perspective as well. How do we leverage the data and ensure that we are protecting our clients payment journey is super critical. The second is really around optimize. How do we leverage the underlying data to help them optimize their flow? Whether it's from an FX perspective, whether it's from a cash flow perspective or from a liquidity forecasting perspective. We are helping clients reduce cost and improve their supplier relationships. And third piece is really around how we are helping support clients in their growth journey.
1: Great. Um, Yvonne, is there anything you'd like to add on this or any examples to share?
0: I think other than creating new business proposition to deliver growth, um, Clients are also using API to improve internal efficiency. So let me use Unilever um, as an example. Now we all know that Unilever is one of the world's largest producer of consumer goods. It has more than like 190 locations and over 400 brands to manage. Now it's challenge on the cash front is its casual forecasting process, which was very manual intensive. And it relied on pulling end of day account balances from various time zone to get the consolidated position so it limited its potentials in making quick decisions in areas such as funding and hedging due to the lack of real-time information. We therefore work with ULIFER to implement our API solution to retrieve on-demand information on its bank account balances across 25 markets covering over 290 accounts Now, these solutions help ULiver Treasury to further streamline the short-term cash forecasting process. Thereby, decisions on working capital, repayment of debts, um, deployments of surface cash, and managing cross-currency risk, etc., can be made swiftly. Now, ULiver become one of the first global consumer goods companies to embrace real-time exchange of information, which is truly impressive.
1: Thank you. Manoj. is there anything else you think
2: is important to highlight? Thanks Andrew, you touched upon the regulatory developments, which is very critical as the payment landscape evolves. Regulators are at the forefront. And we've seen that in the cross-border documentation process as well. We've seen that how many of the markets like India, China, Indonesia are great examples where regulators have been at the forefront in digitizing the cross-border documentation process. Given the fact that many of the Asia markets are capital intensive, are capital controlled, and hence require a lot of documentation. So the measures taken by regulators really helped digitize the treasury journey for many of our clients.
1: Thank you. This has been really insightful um, and I appreciate you both sharing your views, your experiences and the various examples with us. So as a final thought from each of you, is there anything particular that you feel the treasury and finance community in the regions should bear in mind about the payments journey in Asia Pacific? Yvonne, perhaps you can go first.
0: Thank you. I would say that we are all in the ride of the rapid growth of digitizations and innovations in the digital payment space can offer unlimited potential for us to transform and grow. So my suggestions for all of us is to keep an open mind on the transformation agenda and find a partner with long-term visions and solid foundations to co-create solutions to optimize value.
1: Thank you, Manoj.
2: Yeah, very much similar to what Yvonne mentioned, change is constant. Let's be at the forefront. We are there to support and be your trusted advisor. Thank you.
1: Fantastic. That's a great place to wrap up the discussion. Thanks, Ivana Minaj.
0: Thank you for joining us at HSBC Talks Business. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please do subscribe to the HSBC Talks Business channel to stay up to date with new episodes.